pray together. Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you tell us to honor our fathers and mothers, so help us to do that now. Comfort those who are grieving the loss of a mother. Be near to moms who have the great pain of losing a child. Lord, help us to forgive moms who've hurt us or disappointed us. Bring us peace to fractured relationships, Lord. Lord, we pray for expecting mothers. I pray for good health and that you would grant them great wisdom that they will surely need. Lord, I pray for single moms who must lean on you solely for the fathering of their children. Lord, we thank you that your arms are big enough to surround the children who may never know their earthly father. Lord, we pray for those who've experienced the awful disappointment of infertility or miscarriage or failed adoption. Lord, I pray you'd embrace them right now with your love. Jesus, you modeled perfect love for your mother, the Virgin Mary, so help us to follow that model to love our mothers. Lord, we pray for all the stay-at-home moms that you give them extra skill at their work and help them to be the embodiment of the love of you, God. Lord, we pray for moms that are working outside the home. Help them to balance all the different responsibilities of life and help them and all of us to do all the things for the glory of you. Lord, we approach your throne on behalf of mothers of you entrusted with the care of the most precious little ones. We thank you for creating each mom with a unique combination of gifts and talents. We thank you for the sacrifice that each mom gives for her children. The late nights spending caring for their children. The hands that are tired from washing and wiping and scrubbing and mixing and stirring and hugging and patting and disciplining and holding and writing and erasing and painting. Lord, I pray you give each mom strength. Help her to see the mundane tasks that she may do are actually eternally significant because you put them in that situation in your sovereignty. Lord, I pray that you give daily bread to tired mothers. I ask that you be their living water. I ask you be their source of spiritual and physical strength. We pray that the same grace that flowed from the Father to the Son to us in salvation will flow from mothers to their children. We pray that each mother rejects perfectionism and instead embraces the goodness of the gospel. We pray for the rhythms of repentance and the forgiveness that shape every home. Lord, give each mother a worshipful reverence of you. Help us all to do that, Lord. You are the creator and sustainer of life. Help each mother to rest in the knowledge that they are the, they're not uh, the stewards of, just the stewards of your children, but they can count on the power of your Holy Spirit to raise them up. Lord, most of all in this day, we honor mothers. May we love and cherish the special woman who, woman who born us, who nurtured us, who prayed for our well-being. And may our hearts may overflow with gratitude for you, who formed and knitted each of us in the mother's womb. In Jesus' name, amen. The Westminster Confession of Faith talks about honoring your father and your mother. This is question uh, number 63 in the Westminster Shorter Catechism and question number 64. It says, which is the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment is this, to honor your father and mother so you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Kids, how are you doing with that in quarantine? How are you doing with that, honoring your father and mother? There's a lot of extra time being spent together. But it says to do that, and if you do that, you'll live long in the land the Lord your God has given. What is required of the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment requires us to uh, preserve the honor and perform the duties belonging to everyone in their different positions and relationships in life.
And so we have a short video here uh, right now honoring the moms in our lives. So here is that now. For the moms who raised us up, gave us hope, For the single moms who had to figure out how to do this on their own. For those who never got called mom, but who cared for us all like a mom would. For the hurting moms who've loved and lost, but never given up. For the praying moms who don't always know what to do, but always know who to talk to. For the working moms, stay home moms, the cooking moms, and the takeout moms. For taking care of us when you barely had enough time to take care of yourself. For teaching us how to walk and how to make a difference. For the late night snuggles and the early morning pancakes. For sitting with us after our first breakup. For lifting us up when others put us down. For the rides, the meals, the laundry, and the birthday parties. For the years, tears, laughter, and love. It's not enough, but we want to say thank you. Thank you for doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. We love you. We honor you. We remember you. We thank you. Yes, we do. Uh, thank you, moms, for all that you do. And I'm blessed to see so many different moms in my own life. And my, my wife doesn't like public attention, so I won't spend a lot of time uh, talking about her. But she is an amazing woman that I get to see in action every single day, wearing all these different hats, wearing the pastor's wife hat. That's not an easy hat to wear. And wearing the mom hat and the wife hat and so many others. And I'm so blessed uh, to have uh, Christy as my bride. And then my mom, uh, who went to be with the Lord a few years ago, a lot of people say that I look a lot like her. Um, I'm so thankful for uh, my mom coming to faith in Christ at the end of her life and uh, miss her dearly. And uh, if you've lost a mom, it's, 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 it's tough on these Mother's Days, isn't it? And then I'm um, blessed to have who I call my Southern Mama. She's closer than a mother-in-law. She's uh, an amazing woman who's always given me unconditional love and I'm so grateful to have a great mother-in-law like my uh, mom, Carol. And then my stepmom, Cheryl, who I rarely ever call my stepmom because, I don't know, she just seems a lot closer than a stepmom. I just always call her Nana because that's where our kids call her. But um, we're so blessed to have these amazing moms who are so self-sacrificing. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of them in my life. And uh, they all worship here, too, together. So that's pretty cool uh, to have the family together. I'm so, so grateful for that. This morning, we're talking about a mom named Jochebed. If I gave someone $1,000 right now to tell me who Jochebed is, I bet many of you do, would never be able to tell me who Jochebed is, right? Anybody know who Jochebed is? Anybody? Anybody here? I don't see any hands here. Uh, it's, she's only mentioned my name one time in Numbers chapter 26, and it's in the list of all the clans that I know each and every one of you just skip over when you're reading through the Bible, right? You're not reading through those stuff, but Jochebed is actually Moses' mom. And so she's not named uh, by name in the story from Exodus 2 that we're going to uh, read this morning, but she passed on her faith. This is actually an extraordinary uh, story, and I'll give you the setting here of what's going on um, in, in uh, Egypt at the time. 
basically all of these is, uh, Israelites have moved it to Egypt and they started growing more and more in number. At first, their faith was, uh, w- was celebrated. It was fine that they had faith. And then as they grew more and more in numbers, it started to become, go from celebrated to tolerated. And we could kind of see a little bit of the same pattern in our own world, right? Uh, faith was once celebrated and then it moves to tolerated. And then it was viewed as extremists. And don't we see that now? I mean, I think about the story that happened this week of a, a chaplain in, in Korea who shared John Piper's book, about COVID and crisis, and because he shared that book with other chaplains, the chaplains came forward and turned him in and wanted him to be court-martialed because in that book it talks about the traditional roles of marriage. Wow. He wasn't turned in by atheists. He was turned in by other Christian chaplains. Our faith has gone the same pattern, right, from celebrated to tolerated. Now if you're a follower of Christ, you are an extremist. And that was what happened here uh, in this setting with Jochebed and, and with Moses. And I'm going to read to you here from, from Exodus chapter uh, 2, and you'll see here the story about how things unfolded. This is about the birth of Moses. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could not hide him, and when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Moses' daughter, shall I, show, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Okay, first thing, before we talk about anything else here, moms, how amazing of a story of God's sovereignty is this? I mean, you think about how awful this situation must have been for Jochebed. She's pregnant. She knows that this Pharaoh, who's now turned on all of the Israelites, is going to kill all the firstborn males. And so you're pregnant. And you're thinking, man, if I have a boy, what is going to happen? And you can just imagine a time that's supposed to be a celebration is actually a time filled with worry and anxiety. But Jochebed is a, a woman of faith, and, and she comes up with this plan, and this baby is born, and they... They hide the baby for three months. I don't know how they did that. You ever been around a newborn baby? They cry a lot. I have no idea how they hit him uh, for that long, but they hit him for three months, and then they come up with this plan. They come up with this plan to put the baby by the water, and can you imagine how heart-wrenching of a situation this must have been for Jochebed? must have been so terrible for her to think about doing this, but she trusted in the Lord. And then we see God's sovereignty come. Because Miriam is watching, and, and, and the, 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 
the baby gets, gets taken, but now it needs to be nursed. And they go and find the Hebrew woman. And who is that Hebrew woman? It's Jochebed. And Jochebed nurses the baby. And did you see what it says? They paid her to nurse the baby. How amazing is that? What an awesome thing of God's sovereignty. I know that uh, some women uh, would have loved to have been paid by the government to nurse their own baby, right? And that's what happened with Jochebed because God is so good. As we're going through a really difficult time in our country, we can rest in God's sovereignty. It doesn't mean that his people won't go through suffering. It doesn't mean they won't go through pain. But God is in control. He sees the whole picture. He, he knows uh, how to work and how to move. And so... Here we have Jochebed, whose name actually implies glory to Jehovah. It's the first time anybody's name in the Bible actually has the word, that has the connection to Jehovah in it. And she definitely had that connection. She already was the mom of Aaron, who became Israel's first high priest. And then there was Miriam, who was the gifted uh, poetess and, and musician. And now comes Moses. And this act that she does actually gets her into the Faith Hall of Fame. This is in Hebrews chapter 11. Is, there's a bunch of people listed there. It's often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. And she's listed there by the faith that she did. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, it's really interesting here. It says uh, at the end of verse 23 that they were not afraid of the king's edict. You would think that if they went and hit him and they put him by the Nile, they'd actually be afraid of the king's edict. But no, it's actually quite the opposite because if you didn't give up your child as they were killing all the firstborn males, then you would be killed yourself too. So they were putting their own lives on the line because of the faith that they possessed. And Jochebed passed down her faith. He passed down her faith to Moses. And we see that she does that. We see that she does it because of the life that Moses ends up living. See, the time that Jochebed got to spend with Moses, we don't know exactly how long the time was that she nursed him and cared for him. But it was obviously a time that was very impactful for Moses. And it was a time that she didn't want to waste. Many of us right now are spending a lot more time with loved ones, a lot more time with children, and we don't want to waste that time. Even coming together in worship this morning, a lot of us often would drop off our kids in the kids' ministry, but it's an opportunity for us to worship together, to talk about the service together, to go home together worshiping the Lord. And Jochebed knew that she only had a certain amount of time. And she didn't want to waste that time. She knew Moses was going to be raised in a hostile culture. And I hate to break it to you guys, but more and more, we're living in that hostile culture, aren't we? I mean, you post something on social media about you following Jesus, and it's not universally celebrated. A chaplain trying to just share his faith and encourage other chaplains is then asked to be court-martialed because he's sharing a John Piper book. This is the culture that we're living in, and Jochebed did whatever she could to pass on her faith. She came up with a plan that had great faith in it to actually drop off her baby at the edge of the Nile full of wild animals, full of crocodiles. It could, anything could have happened. 
But God had an amazing plan over Jochebed and over Moses. And when she had that time, when she had that time to care for him, can you just imagine, moms, what that was like? I mean, can you imagine the desperate prayers that she had over Moses? She now had a second chance to, to nurse him and to care for him and to take care of him. The prayers that she had over him, the teachings that she had over him, anything that she could do to instill in Moses that he was a follower of the Lord, that his family was a follower of the Lord, and he was going to be put in a very hostile position. But whatever she did, whatever amount of faith that she had, Whatever thing that she did for, for Moses, it obviously paid off because it says, by faith, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And we know that Moses is used in a great way, and he's certainly not perfect, and Jochebed certainly wasn't perfect, but she passed down the faith to Moses that he would be a believer in the one true God. He had enduring faith, and that enduring faith came in part from his mother, Jochebed, that she didn't waste time with him, that she passed on that enduring faith. And what does it mean for us to do that? What does it mean to pass down our faith? What does it mean to pass down an enduring faith? When we hear about a tornado coming, what are you supposed to do when a tornado comes? You're supposed to go under the covering of the strongest room of the house, right? And that's what we're called to do when we hear of the tornado of God's justice coming. When we hear the tornado of a hostile, hostile culture coming, what do we do? We run under the strength of the Lord. And we teach our kids to do the same thing too, to pass on our faith. And we see in Scripture very clearly that Jesus is the second Moses. He set his people free from their slavery of sin and death and the evil one. In uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, you see what it says here? It says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The only thing that we need to do to have enduring faith is to have the right object of faith, and that is Jesus Christ. Jochebed pointed Moses to the Savior to come with an enduring faith, and we need to appoint our kids and the next generation to the only object of faith that matters. Some people think, oh, I need to have an unbelievably strong faith. I need to have a radical faith for Jesus to be able to save me. No, it's not about the amount of faith that you have, the amount of your radical faith, the amount of faith that you have. You need to have extreme faith. No, it's about the object of your faith. I mean, we see people that are Muslims that strap bombs to themselves and blow themselves up for their faith. We would say they have extreme faith, right? That's pretty extreme. But the object of their faith is the wrong object. We need to come to Jesus. We need to run to Jesus ourselves and then uh, tell the next generation about it. In Acts chapter 16, verse uh, 31, the people ask, what must I do to be saved? They say, believe in the Lord Jesus, you, uh, and you'll be saved, you and your household. Have you ever trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Especially during this time when there's all kinds of chaos around us, we need a stronghold. We need the one that can give us the way, the truth, and the life. And the only person that can do that is Jesus. 
Jochebed knew about the Savior to come, and she passed along that faith to Moses. And Moses, who didn't live a perfect life, but knew about the Lord because the faith was passed down. In order to pass down your faith, you first have to have that faith. Do you? Why won't you, why won't you this morning admit that you're a sinner? That you've all messed up. Every single one of us, we've all fallen short. And that we need to believe in the gospel because of the sin that we have in our life. And we need to trust in Jesus and commit our life to him because he's the only one that can give us salvation. If you like to do that, you can do that right in your seat, whether right here at church or in your, in your house. Trust in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's the most important decision that you could ever make. You need to trust in Jesus. And then when you do trust in Jesus... Pass along your faith, whether it be with your own kids or maybe your kids are grown or maybe you don't have kids. There's an opportunity with the next generation here in the church to pass along your faith. You can get involved in the kids' ministry. You can get involved in the, in the student ministry. You can pass on your faith to people in the church. You can mentor them uh, from afar. One of our five core values is the priority of the next generation. We believe it's so vital to pass along our faith because we're one generation away from extinction as a church. And if you don't believe that's actually true, many of you have heard me tell the story about Christy and I being missionaries in Sweden. Sweden, if you look now, is 0.1% Christian. 0.1%. 50 years ago, they were 50% Christian. In 50 years, they went from half the country being believers to 0.1% being believers. What happened? One generation. One generation didn't make it a priority to share their faith. I'm so thankful Jochebed, in the middle of all of the chaos that was going on around her, in the midst of all the pain, imagine the pain that she had. Imagine the confusion that she had. Imagine all the things that she was going through. I mean, we can kind of compare it to the time that we're going through right now. All those things, she made it a priority to pass on her faith. And so I'm not here this morning telling you moms, be like Jochebed. I don't want you to do that. I want you to model your life after Jesus and pass along your faith because it's so vitally important. If you read through the book of Judges, you see the Israelites going back and forth, back and forth. They go from worshiping the Lord to running away from the Lord. And then they're judged. And then they run back to the Lord. And then they forget about the Lord. And then they run away from the Lord. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My prayer for us as a church, for us as a country, that maybe we've taken some time when we've run away from the Lord. But maybe all the stuff that's happening with this virus is waking us up. And there's a revival that's happening in this country. And we're realizing the only foundation that we can have is in Jesus. And that we would go running back to, to, to the Lord. Because in Judges chapter 2, it says that there was another generation that did not know the Lord. Are we going to allow that to happen, people? Are we going to allow that, a next generation of people to not know about Jesus? In order for us to pass on our faith, it takes a certain amount of boldness. In order for us to pass on our faith, we have to take some risks. In order to pass on our faith, we, can just not, we cannot just sit on our hands. We have to be creative. We have to do things that no other churches are doing to pass on the faith to the next generation. I love this picture that I took of Christy homeschooling 
my son Luke. And she's been doing this like many other moms and dads over the last uh, seven or eight weeks. They never thought they would be homeschooling parents, but there they are, right? But I love how Christy, and she's not perfect, but I love how she integrates Jesus into everything that she does. And we have an amazing opportunity to do this. So I know a lot of these things are inconvenient. I know a lot of these things are difficult. But don't lose sight. Moms and dads and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all the other people of the church that maybe don't even have kids at all. We have an amazing opportunity to pass on your faith. Won't you do it? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you that we can run to you. Thank you that you are a God that's in control, that you're a God that's sovereign. I think about the situation that Jochebed was in. What a horrible situation. But in the midst of your grace and your goodness and your sovereignty, she actually gets paid to nurse her own child. Lord, you are a good God. Lord, I pray that we would not lose sight of the main thing that we're here to do, to glorify you and to pass on our faith. So help us to do that. Help us to be able to put a priority on the next generation for the sake of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.